Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like this show, give us that five-star review. I know you've been waiting to do it. Now's the time. And we talk judging and MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can read it at abcboxing.com. Dan, we are just about a day removed from what I'm going to say, in my biased opinion, because I was there, was the top event of the year in mixed martial arts. Uh, right or wrong? What do you think? It was awesome card. It was fantastic. And, and not only that, it was fantastic on paper. It was fantastic in practice. And I think people are going to look back at this one pretty well. Yeah, this one, this one will age well. UFC 268. Madison Square Garden, the first time I got to be in the building at the Garden for a fight in two and a half years, sir. Yeah, that's a long time. And we talked about this before. I, I, was, I wasn't able to go to the 2019 uh, UFC. I was there for Bellator that year, though. Um, so, yeah, this, is, this was about two and a half years, like I said, and it was, it was great. Um, just kind of being in there, getting the atmosphere again uh, of live fights. Which we just haven't had as many of up in the you know in this region of the country. We've had some here and there, um, but overall, this is it was really cool to go. And I I know you were I knew you were hurting that you didn't get to go, but I hope you had a good time uh, at Burt Kreischer uh, in the other part of the building. It was it was. I mean, Burt got to go. Bert, first words out of Burt's mouth. He goes, "Let's see if we can finish this before the main card." That was so great. I can get over there. That's great. I, actually, so, uh, our our old uh, guest on the show, Drake Riggs, uh, posted a picture with Burt. Uh, at the event too, so I know he got there, and uh, but you didn't. He, you should have asked him if you can go with him. I should have went with him. If you, I bet you, if you shouted, "Can I go with you?" He might have been like, "Yeah, sure." He might have actually. So that's honestly that's. I mean, fault. I was I was a bit far away from the stage. I don't know if he would have heard me. Shout loud. Don't I don't have a loud voice. Find a way. <laughs> should have brought a sign. Yeah. Oh yeah, a megaphone. Oh, that's yeah. Good. There point. you go. Megaphone. I should always keep a megaphone with you, but uh, I mean, yeah, the, just being in the arena for the first time in a while, it was it was terrific. Um, the atmosphere was just off the chain. I think the fans were were thrilled to have live fights again for the first time in a while. I think there was a little a little more renewed appreciation. We didn't really get a lot of boos or or anything like that. It started off with woos in in the very beginning of the night. I don't think we heard as many woos throughout the night because we actually had like reasons for them to stop doing the, the the stupid bs of the woos i like the woos no 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 i'm 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 anti woo i'm anti um i'm anti wave you know the wave that they do at the baseball games and oh my god there was a, they did the wave at the giants panthers game i was at a few weeks ago that no, was that was garbage i don't mind if they do the wave anywhere else but yankee stadium do not ever even try starting the wave that it's just it's sacrilege imagine if they did that, the wave so. at that like a ufc that just means the two people in the cage need to do something. I I just like, I would be impressed with that level of coordination from a bunch of people who are there to watch other people hit each other, and ostensibly some <laughs> of them are also looking to hit each other. Yeah, that would kind of be impressive, actually. It would be. It would be. I think we would have to write that down that moment down. But no, very few moves after that. I mean, we had so many chants during some of these awesome fights. Uh, there were there was you got a lot of gay g gay g. You even had some Chandler Chandler. Like they, they did a bunch of chants that would like balance out what they were trying to do first, and then they'd be like, "Hey, we should do the other one," and they just do that. <laughs> it was great. They did it with that. They did it with uh, they, they were chanting Colby Colby during that one. Uh, and then then they would chant Usman Usman. Okay. Yeah, it was. You got the sense that 
the crowd was okay as long as it was fun, but they also had a preference. Okay. Uh, but but ultimately, they, they were pretty good. I mean, they definitely booed uh, Wei Li. Yeah. Vociferously, uh, I guess. Probably just because she, she's from not this country, um, who knows? <laughs> she's got to she's got to embrace it. I think she's she's so, over it. She seems to be over the the kind of the deal. She she seems to understand that yeah, it's you know it may not necessarily be directed at her personally, and just the simple fact that we have an American against a non-American, and that's kind of how mm-hmm. it kind of rolls, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I was very surprised to find that my seats were the best that my seat was the best that I had ever had assigned to me for a UFC and covering the sport for 10 years. I've, the closest I'd ever been before that was the second media row. I'd gotten that close. This time I was on the first media row. And that was, that was an interesting perspective because there's no people in front of you on the media side anyway. Um, that privileged outlet. Yeah. I, I, you know what? It was a lot of the, uh, they deferred to the local media. So it was okay. me next to, uh, Mark LaMonica from Newsday, who I've known for many years. Uh, a couple of guys from the New York Times who I met, nice guys. Didn't Ray Barone write for Newsday? Ray Barone? Uh, yes, he did. Okay. The fictional character from yes. Everybody Loves Raymond? Yes, he yes. wrote for Newsday. Okay. That's true. <laughs> uh, so no one ever actually worked with him, though. Sorry, oh, okay. sorry to dispel that. Okay. Uh, but yes, it was it was the local guys, and then there was also, you know, we had uh, Mark Ramundi from ESPN, who we've had on the show as well. Uh, it was good to see him in person. Uh, a few other guys, uh, AP uh, Associated Press writer was there too. So Mike uh, Mike Bone from MMA Junkie. Yeah, that was that was pretty much the row. And, and weirdly enough, no one probably nobody cares about this, but I'll share it anyway. Usually, when I've gone to these, uh, there's kind of a long media row, like two or three media rows, right? And it's lined up directly. Uh, in front of the panel that you'd be there. It's it's usually the challenge, the, the blue corners panel. And you're sitting there, and there's a long row or several rows. This time, it was a smaller row or several rows, and they were off to the side. I don't know why they did that, but it was new, at least for me. Mm-hmm. All right. That's pretty cool. My seat, I will say, and you know, obviously, we talk about scoring on this show, and I don't want to belabor the point. We're going to get into scoring. We'll talk about some of the other stuff, but we'll get into the scoring. I did not want to sit there and try to score the rounds from my seat mm. because... First off, you're 10 feet away, even at the closest for the media. You're 10 feet away from the cage. There's a there's a big difference between being, you know, two feet away where the judges are and 10 feet away. You just, you lose a lot. There's a lot of people walking in front of you, cameramen. Uh, I actually happened to be seated where one of the octagon posts was in dead center of my view. So anytime they were, you know, toe-to-toe in the middle of the cage, I'm looking at a screen because I can't see anything. So, and, and obviously, because of where we are, we have to look up to one of the bigger screens. It's it's a lot more awkward than just looking down at a little tablet yeah. like the judges get. So, I deferred to Rogan, the judges entirely. Rogan made a comment that they don't get monitors, and I, I was curious if that was true for New York. They have monitors. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, actually, uh, and and I should say we probably should bring this up too. Uh, it's a few of the judges uh, came up to me. Uh, we had Eric Cologne. Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary, they came up, said hello, got to shake hands. You know, they, they've caught wind of the show, of course, and, and, and all that. So we, you know, we had some conversation. They introduced me to Mike Beltran, the referee, nice. who's on there as well. Uh, I saw Mark Goddard, who, of course, we've had on the show, but uh, yeah. he didn't see me, so it just didn't work out. Uh, but, yeah, the judges actually, they took me over to one of the seats. They wanted me to experience what it was uh-huh. like sitting in 
a seat with a panel. With the panel. They wanted okay. me to understand, here, this is what you're dealing with when you got that panel uh, in front of you, the door panel, of course. Yeah, the door panel. So you have to navigate the post there, that extra post. And uh, yeah, I have to say, just from being able to sit in the chair for the first time, not during live action, of course, but sitting there, I could say, yeah, I can see how this is a pain in the ass. Is it a tall chair? It is tall. Okay. Yeah, I, felt, I mean, not super tall. I'm not I'm not a tall man, but uh, it felt tall. Okay. Sure. I guess we could call it that. Uh, and, and I don't know if this is the way it is everywhere, but so there was a little tablet, uh, you know, maybe six-inch screen or something like that. I, I'm just estimating uh, that they had available to be able to watch if they needed to, if there was a... Um, Someone in the way, of course, you know, obstruction. Mm -hmm. That's the word I'm looking for, obstruction. Uh, but then they also had a separate tablet right next to it, and that was what they were to be using to input their scores. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, we can open score pretty much. Let's just <laughs> do it. I mean, they have, it's not that the technology isn't there. I mean, we know that Kansas did it with just regular Google Drive. Just, you know, we even experienced that. They're not even writing their scores. Now they're entering it in tablets. It's, it's in a tablet. And, and you know what? I, I was paying extra attention to how quickly uh, in, in this particular fight, I was I was kind of just watching for the first fight because I had other things to do throughout the night. But the first fight, first round, Derek Cleary is seated right in front of me. I, I was where the media section was. We were seated very close to one of the judges' chairs. Uh, so in this particular moment, Derek Cleary was sitting there. And I'm watching at the end of the round. I'm like, I want to see how quickly he writes down his score. And sure enough, he's got his, uh, I guess it was a stylus, I, I think, Mm. That was in his hand that he was able to write down the score with right away. No, no, he's not sitting there being like, huh, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> and look, I don't think that, but I wonder if anyone listening to the show maybe thinks that. And hopefully they understand that, no, the judges are, are pretty much locked in the moment that horn sounds. They got to write their score in and get it in very quickly. Yes. Like, unlike uh, what Felder DC were saying a couple weeks ago. Well, they don't. Or Bisping really. was it? Maybe it was Bisping. I don't know. None of them know anything someone, yeah. about the actual process of officiating and, and judging. It's, it's you know, right. They, all you have to do is ask these questions. You know, it's it's. They don't even have to sit and watch. They could just ask. It's very easy. Right, but they don't care until something goes wrong, and then they forget about it to the next time. And then something that they think goes wrong, and then they they comment on it, and then they forget about it, and never ask about it. That's about right. So nailed it. But yeah, that was that was really cool. So I appreciate the judges uh, taking me over to show that. Good to shake their hands and and see them. Uh, Mike Bell as well. He came over and said hi right. as well. He gave me a little fist bump. Um, that was that was nice to see all these guys here. So um, shout out to them. I think uh, obviously they had a very interesting night uh, with some of these title fights uh, coming down to a couple scores going one way or the other that could potentially mm -hmm. change who left as the champion. Uh, nobody did, of course. We had Kamaru Usman won his fight at welterweight, and we had Rose Nama Yunus win uh, in defending her title at strawweight. We'll get to those in a moment, but let's talk about the scoring in particular. But let's talk a little bit about kind of the fallout, I guess, from the welterweight uh, picture here, because now Usman's 2-0 against Colby Covington. What what do you want to see for these guys? How do you, what, for the division, I guess, in general, if you have any more All right, general yeah. thoughts. Basically, so once Leon Edwards beats Masvidal next month, he gets the title shot. Stop denying the man. And then after that, I mean, you can you got to throw Chimaev in there. I think maybe Chimaev versus Luke for the shot after that. Gilbert Burns is in, in the mix there. So, I mean, I'd like to see Colby versus uh, Gilbert. I don't mind that one. I actually like that one. So, I mean, as long as Leon Edwards is the next guy. 
Or Chemayev. I put Chemayev against Usman. I mean, I would never have an issue if, if him jumping the line because I want to see it. I have so. no problem with Luke being put in there as well. I think he's earned it. I think he's a fun fighter, and, and there is that, you know, former teammate angle that they mm-hmm. can play again, with same as Gilbert Burns. But this guy, you know, rather than Burns being a former lightweight, Luke is a welterweight welterweight who's been there for a while. Um, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. Yeah. And, I mean, and he's would be fun, always so. fun. Yeah. I mean, mean I, you could kind of pencil that one in and say, well, this one probably isn't going to go five rounds. Having said that, it will go five rounds. Yes, it does. It's do definitely going to do that. Tense. Now that I've that. said that out loud. Yes. I've manifested this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, bet the over on the rounds, I guess. <laughs> Don't bet. Don't bet. Uh, yeah, I like I like your picture. I, I, you know, I have those suggestions as well. But I, I think there's a few ways you could go about it. I don't know what you do with colby long term like it's it was a very close fight we'll talk about the scoring again in the in a moment but you can't really put him in there with usman for a while it's just it's no, not gonna work I mean, out but you hey, can't just sit out either he's gonna actually need to work for yeah. it instead of just beat a washed up uh tyron woodley i mean hate him or love him he's really good so yeah undeniable he, undeniable and he reminded of that of those skills as well because it's he, been a while i usman there's talk that he doesn't want to he wants to go out like khabib did at some point just call it quits. I can see it. Uh, sure. So I don't see Colby and Usman ever fighting again. But you know I do, what? I think you're right. But I do see Colby fighting for a belt at some point. Just won't be against Usman. Could be. Yeah, they asked him too about lightweight. He it doesn't sound like he's particularly interested in going down. I think he he's probably an ego thing that he don't doesn't really want to go down there. But who knows? I mean, he could double back anytime he wants and be like, all right, I want a title. Yeah. We'll see. I, I will, <laughs> I'm not going to say that this is a man of integrity that needs to stick to his word. <laughs> I think he'll do whatever he needs to to, to make it happen. Well, but. yeah. Well, uh, Masvidal made a prediction. He said in the upcoming year, Colby's not going to pay MMA masters. He's going to have a falling out with them, and he'll move on to another team. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's just based on his experience. <laughs> yeah. From I don't, I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, I mean, you know, one once is once is one thing, but you do it twice, and you start to get a rep, and then, you know, who's going to want to start working yeah, I mean, with the other Mike so. uh, Mike Perry situation. <laughs> Mike Perry is a whole nother situation. But we don't need to bring him into this one. Let's let's talk about Rose Namajunas because obviously now she has twice beaten Zhang Wei Li. Again, very close fight, which we will talk about shortly. But they're not going to do a third fight with that anytime soon if it happens at all. What's Rose's fresh challenge now? Uh, definitely not Esparza. So hopefully never her. Um, <laughs> you hate her. But uh, I'd go Marina Rodriguez. I'm good with that fight. Rodriguez, yeah, is, is a good one. I like that one too. Um, I it, it has to be Carlos Sparza. I don't care. I'm sorry, but Dana said it isn't. I understand that. So I know what Dana said, and, and it's probably not that. going to be. But the what the goofy thing is though is that we have Carlos Sparza essentially being talked to as if like you can't just wait around for these title shots. She's not waiting around. She's taking fights. She's winning. She hasn't been out that long, and he just promoted Colby Covington getting the title shot. 14 months after his last fight, waiting around. You can hey. you can wait around. Obviously, there are exceptions made when they see dollar signs as in the picture, but I'm just saying there are paths to do that. And as so far as I'm stand concerned... Stand on that is silly. As far as I'm concerned, Esparza lost to Rodriguez, so she's behind her in the rankings. I understand. Uh, So it's Rodriguez for me. Fair enough. And, and it very well could be. I mean... They probably see that as a much more marketable thing. I have no idea what they're going to do, but, I mean, it, it's got to be somebody we haven't seen Rose fight lately. She, she just fights the same women, and, and I'm sure it gets very tiring in a, in a sense. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, 15 is is a busy division. Yeah. So 
what I'm about to say isn't going to make much sense. Oh, good. But, I love that. But it's something that I'd be so into. Like, be like, you know what, Rose? Don't cut weight at all. Valentina has nobody. You know, you're probably going to get mauled. But I think people will be very into this fight. So I believe they're friends. Let's go or do friendly. that fight. I think they've trained together. I don't right I don't know that that's actually something they would seek out. I, I'm just saying. I'd be into it. Well, that's fine. But you're probably never going to get it. No, no, probably not. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. All but right. something I would be into. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You like nonsense. Hey, moves my needle. <laughs> Makes me want to buy pay-per-views. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Carlos uh, Barza does not make me want to pay for a pay I mean, if you do it on a fight night, hey, I'm down for it. You're going to tell me that you're not going to pay for a pay-per-view that features a Rose Namajunas versus Carlos Barza fight. You're actually going to boycott that. Tell me that. Um, if they're the headliner and there's no, 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 that that would not be the headliner. There's no way. All right, it depends. I mean, I'm gonna have to watch it at some point anyway for the show. Yeah, you but, have no choice. But I would not want to pay for that. I understand. I'd be very upset having to pay for that. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. You'd probably be more upset if she wins then. I would. I would just stop watching the division. <laughs> Terrible. Oh man! Moving on though, I think we have because uh, we do want to get to these rounds here. But there was a bunch of stuff that was happening, a bunch of things to talk about, and I, I we can't go on without talking about that incredible Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler fight. How awesome was that? Fight, Amazing man? fight! Incredible. I didn't get to watch it live. I had to watch it on a replay. I I got to watch it live and in person, sir. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was probably insane. It was so cool, and I'm sitting there. I'm just. I'm just having a smile on my face and i mean i didn't really need to do too much on this fight for my my work purposes because we were more focused on the title fights at that point so it was much easier for me to kind of sit back and and really kind of take it in and that was a really nice thing makes you wonder how hard does charles Oliveira hit yeah because gaichi hit him with the kitchen sink and couldn't get him out of there you know what it's the ones you don't see though i I don't i guess i think that's probably part of it yeah, probably the true. The ones you're not expecting, yeah. you know, and and we're not trying to slight Charles uh, Dobronx Oliveira or Charlie Olives as as the <laughs> uh, the co-main event crew called him. I like that one. Um, yeah, I, I don't. You never know. I mean, it just he might hit hard. He might have just kind of got him at the right uh, a right time and all that. But yeah, I mean, either way, these guys just they they went to town on each other. Especially Chandler uh, took a lot of damage. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Dana said that they uh, were both sent to the hospital as a precaution. They had posted a photo when they were there, kind of a friendly little photo on, uh, I think it was on Gaethje's Instagram. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it, as far as I understood it, Gaethje had no bad blood with Chandler. It was just kind of like he's the guy in the way. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, that that was awesome to see. It was awesome to be there for, like I said. And, and I, I think it just makes me think Michael Chandler really ought to have come just a few. Like, he said that this was the time, the time was right for him to come now this year or early last or late last year excuse me was when he signed but he said he keeps talking about oh yeah this is my time i know this is my time he had other opportunities i think the last time around was two or three years ago and he really ought to have come then because now he's got a lot more miles on him yeah he's been in some some crazy fights he's only a couple years older than gaichi but the both of them have have a bunch of wars i imagine gaichi could end up looking something like this in a couple years he's had wars yeah we'll see he usually likes to take off time between these wars and stuff, but my understanding from speaking with him this week is he would take a fight December. He would make weight for December if they, they paid him $100,000, he said. Okay, so let's do it. I mean, that's not that much money, UFC. <laughs> Pay him. We'll watch Gaethje fight. I'll watch Gaethje fight at Sparza. Fight, put him against anybody. What You want him to fight Carlos Sparza? What is wrong with you? I'm, getting, I'm trying to get into a fight that I would want to watch <laughs> Carlos Sparza in, but it wouldn't be because of her because I want to watch Justin Gaethje. I'll watch him fight anybody. 
He can fight me. And I would tune in and watch. I'd buy that. You'd buy that one? Like, you, you, yeah. you'd go home and be like, all right, I'll buy it. I'll actually watch how this went. Yeah. Yeah? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> you were you were in some sort of silliness tonight, my I, friend. Can't help it. It's late. No, that's all right. Dude, <laughs> I walked in my door this morning at 4.45 a.m. was really 5.45 because we time traveled with Daylight Savings. So... I, I'm I'm on like a total lack of sleep because I had to wake up and go to a birthday party with the kids. Oh, joy! It was fun actually. Uh, I had a good time okay. talking yeah, talking to other parents. Get to know get to know the people in your town. I had a cupcake. Man, okay, the cupcake's the highlight so far. I had uh, uh, what I had a couple bags of chips. All right, now we're talking. Yeah, see, I see, mean, now you're on board. Yeah, yeah I saw it, whatever. There's always more cupcakes. Yeah. There's always more cake than they need. So you you make out okay as a parent. Okay. And everyone's always like, I don't, you you take it because I don't want to take it home. Like, you don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) So now you got a bunch of cupcakes at home? No, no. no, I ate them all. (laughs) No, I just took the one. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so what do you, before we move on to Gaethje and and Chandler, what's next for these guys? It's got to be the title shot for Gaethje. Title for Gaethje. It's got to be. There's no one. Or we riot, as he said. Yeah, we can do. I mean, I'm kind of too lazy to riot, but yeah. He'll riot. He'll riot on your behalf. Sure. Well, on his behalf. That's fair. Yeah. What about Chandler? Though? Chandler's in kind of a weirder spot. I got a lot now of he's options. one and two, right? I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of options, but none of them are, you know, he's not very close to a title anymore. Here's where I'm where I'm putting Chandler. Mm-hmm. I would let him fight RDA. Let him fight, uh, fight Ferguson. Or, I like Ferguson. Or I let him fight Conor McGregor. And uh, he's still out. Uh, he had a doctor stop it. Doctor stop it. He's walking. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, he's beating up DJs in Italy. Yeah, he's totally. Yeah, fine. I mean, he's in. He's been in fights since the last fight. So yeah, been in two. Yeah, but he, um, what's crazy is he needs to watch The Dark Knight because he needs to listen to the Joker's advice, which is if you're good at something, never do it for free because he does a lot of this for free. <laughs> for someone who can make so much money, he's just like, nah, I'll just hit you on, the, uh, you know, for nothing. Or my favorite that I want that I actually want to see happen so that I'm really rooting for Charles Oliveira is if Poirier loses put him against Chandler because that's what I want that would be Most. interesting that would be interesting too um I think Tony Ferguson is is the one that I want because uh, I don't know how much more we're going to get at Tony Ferguson and and honestly mm-hmm. this could be maybe not the nicest thing to sentence, sentence him to because he hasn't looked the same but I do think it could make a very interesting fight and I do think he could beat Michael Chandler because he's you know he's got the better gas tank they do a five-round fight Potentially, he could outlast Michael Chandler. Yeah. I, I do see a path to victory for each man, so I think that would be an interesting one. I really want that one uh, if we're going to get anything out of Tony Ferguson at this point. So, uh, But I, I don't hate your idea. Poye would be fun, but I, I could see other things for Poye. Maybe. We're talking about if he loses uh, yeah. against Charles Oliveira, of course. Right, yeah, only, only if he loses. Right. Because uh, otherwise uh, he's fighting games. Yeah, we'll, we'll deal with you know the, the fallout next month. I think we, yep. can, we can put that conversation uh, to bed. Before we get to the contested rounds uh, for this show, we're going to talk a little bit about Bellator 270 from Friday evening. Not the, We're not doing any contested rounds from there, but I don't know if you got the chance to watch, but there was some there were some interesting things came out of uh, Bellator this weekend. What, did, did you get to watch it at all or no? I read. You read. Okay. That is not watching, sir. That isn't. Okay. Just making sure we know. But yeah, this one over in uh, Dublin. Irishman at the top didn't do so well though. It was it was not the happiest of mm-hmm. endings for them. It, uh, James Gallagher he lost to Patchy Mix in a fight that he really I mean it was it was competitive and interesting enough, but he wasn't really winning that fight. And then he got he got tapped out in the end. The heavier man wins. 
Patchy mix is yeah, well, yeah. Anytime you <laughs> miss weight by a couple pounds, it makes it a lot easier for sure. I think there was a stat. I don't know how true it is anymore, but there was a stat that the guy coming in heavy uh, tended to win. Yeah, who knows? I, don't I, remember I, what I, I feel like it's actually much closer. Than, it, might, it could be like a fifty-five percent thing. Maybe that's enough of an edge for mm. certainly. But, but it, did he do that on purpose? Probably not. No. Um, but yeah, that that was in the co-main, and then in the main event, the title fight uh, for Bellator, we had Pachuki Pitbull winning the belt that his brother vacated recently, getting the uh, the stoppage against Peter Queeley, another Irishman. It wasn't wasn't the greatest night for them, like I said. But you know what? I will say this because you you read, but you didn't actually watch what happened, sir. The crowd in Ireland was phenomenal. Well, they're always. I mean, anytime Connor's in in the UFC, the crowd's awesome. Yeah. So, but that's for Connor. Understand that it doesn't matter if it's Connor or not. Right. It's just their Peter Queeley. Yeah. Just their countrymen. They they are they were just awesome to to watch. Uh, as Queeley was coming out to uh, a Zombie by the Cranberries, everybody in the crowd was singing this song. Everybody, it was amazing. It, it just like I got chills watching at home in my basement. I can't imagine being there for that. Way, 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 way better crowd than we will ever get in at least this country. I don't know about that. Yes, a hundred percent, absolutely. I don't know it's about that. It, honestly, it's not even close. I won't give them that crown just yet. I thought that the crowd in New York on Saturday was terrific, especially by American standards. They were into so much of it. They had a great time. They added so much atmosphere. But I can't imagine a scenario where. If I was over in Ireland and experienced that, I'm not like, it just, my mind would be blown. Eh. Yeah. You say that. Eh. It's because you read. Yeah, I really don't care. <laughs> Let's move on to contested rounds, man. We do have some, some very critical contested rounds on this one, actually. It's not always a bunch of rounds that, uh, that mean something, but we have four rounds off the bat that mean everything to two championships. Yep. So let's start with the main event. Kamaru Usman. He won 48-47 on two cards and 49-46 over Colby Covington. Unanimous nod. I was surprised when I heard that score. I I thought it was, I mean, obviously the scores don't necessarily mean how close a fight is, but I I thought this was actually kind of potentially go the other way. So let's talk about rounds three and five. Starting with three here, sir. Uh, well, I'll just give you the scores here. Two out of three judges saw this one for Usman, Dave Torelli. Local judge over here in Jersey. And Derek Cleary. They both saw it for Usman. And it was only Sal D'Amato who saw this one for Covington. Dan, what happened to this round? Yeah, it's a close round. Uh, I think Kamaro's do- touching Covington a lot. just don't think there's any real big force behind his punches or strikes. I think Covington's shots are the ones of higher impact. He's just not landing as many. Which is totally like the opposite of what you'd expect from these guys. Right, yes. I mean, he lands hard at the end of the round, wobbled Usman a bit. Uh, his left was fighting at home throughout the round, but you know Usman did land a couple kicks and punches. I just didn't think they were as hard as Covington or as as effective. So I went with ten nine Covington. Yeah, it, it really just comes down to the immediate effect of the punches, and I really did think that the impact was more was stronger off of the punches that were coming from Covington. I had to go that way too. I thought I thought D'Amato got it right. It is a very close round, and and I don't think it's necessarily wrong to go the other way. But I feel very good about this being a Covington round, and and I say that as someone who doesn't feel very good about Covington being very good at anything. <laughs> but it, credit where it's due, man. I really thought he got it done here, and especially coming off of that 
round two where he was dropped twice. He was in major trouble against uh, Usman yeah. in that round. He had a lot of conversation about how <laughs> I think they said on the broadcast should have been at least a 10-8, which is just goofy of Joe Rogan to think that there's some sort of like way that that would have been a 10-7. Well, I think that's just how he how he said it. I guess, but it's it's just silly when people say. I don't know. I maybe I'm just calling out the wording, but nonetheless, I watched that round, and I wasn't watching the score, of course, but I really thought that that was a potential ten eight. But I didn't feel good about it being a ten eight. No, the judges gave it that way, and I don't think that's wrong at all. The judges all saw it the same way. They they're they're all calibrated that way. I think you had damage was what we're talking about. So if they want to give the 10-8, the damage is what we're talking about. And that's that's kind of where you get the green light. But it didn't necessarily meet what they're really looking for for the 8. And I think that's more of an indictment of the criteria because this is a round that ought to have been an 8 round 2. Yeah, this should be an 8. It's just that's just not the way they want it to be in the criteria. So it doesn't get to the 8. And I think that's frustrating. It, it really people watching at home don't necessarily know how to score, but I think they know when a round is pretty lopsided and and I I think sometimes there needs to be I think at some point we need to find a way that the criteria meets some form of the expectation of the viewer at home where hey, that was kind of a butt whooping. Just make it an 8. Yeah, I I would like to see that a little more. I don't know how they get the wording there, but there's no there is no problem with the judges doing what they did. I I I think it's I think it's the tools they're working with that are a little flawed. So that's my little diatribe on round two. But yeah, round three we both saw it for Covington the same as Saldamato, who was in the minority. What does that mean, sir? Couch side over you know what? I missed the chance to give Sal his his uh, oh, couch side override prizes. You should have given. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I probably had like a dollar in my pocket. I could have given him. Just be like, here you go. But uh, no, nah, I'm sure he doesn't need the money. Could have sure got him a brownie. Some. So, <laughs> you always love the brownies. Man, there was no brownies there. You know what they did for us was they gave us uh, meal vouchers oh, okay. to use at the at the concessions and everything like that for non-alcohol. Mrs. Fields has brownies. I did not go hunting around for everything. I got a burger. From, uh, what's the one? What's the burger place at the garden? I'm trying to remember. The burger place? The burger. No, it wasn't the burger place. What's the other one? I really don't know. I don't know. I got a burger. I got fries. The, the, they were both delicious. Uh, I had a great time eating those. And then I got with my second meal voucher because got, we got like 40 bucks in meal vouchers. It was terrific. Um, and actually, they gave out a third, uh, another $20 one. So I had 60, but I didn't use that third one. I ran out. Of, there was not enough breaks. So I just couldn't mm. leave my seat. Um, and it was what it was. I got some mac and cheese from uh, Mighty Quinn's. Okay, that's good. And uh, and a giant soda as well. So I, I made good nice. use of that. But no no desserts. There was pizza in the back too, though, at the end, oh. because it was the final event for uh, one of the UFC uh, staffers, Chelsea Sullivan, who's been there a long time. So shout out to uh, Chelsea Sullivan. I wish her luck uh, at MGM where she's got her new role. Okay. And uh, yeah, good pizza too. I got a lot of food. Barclays has terrible selection. MSJ destroys that entire arena. That arena is garbage. They should <laughs> knock it down and start over from scratch. Proceed. I love it. I love yeah. it. Anyway, uh, moving on to round five. I think we've established round three here uh, that we see as a Covington round. Round five, another close round, sir. Uh, w- before I go into the scores, who what did uh, you see? What happened in this round? Yeah, this uh, I saw a similar round as round four, okay. which... Clearly Covington round. That was an easy Covington so, round. Yeah, that was that was by far, and actually it was the only round he got unanimously from the judges. Yeah, so I mean, I, I saw a lot of similarities in that round. Uh, I thought he was blasting Usman early with some good lefts and uppercuts, wobbled Usman again. 
Talking uh, about in round five. Yes, okay, round five. Back to yeah, that yeah. Okay. <laughs> Still a close round. I, I think Covington is landing the best strikes of this round. I mean, I really have no idea why he t- he shot a takedown. Huge mistake. It, it might, that might have cost him uh, potentially the title. Yeah, he had some good momentum going. Uh, he landed some good kicks to the body. I mean, and again, Usman's landing his own shots. He, he's he's keeping keeping pace. I just don't think they have the same effect uh, as Covington's do. So I'm I'm on Covington ten nine. Who gave the um forty nine forty six score? Do you do you have that up up uh anywhere? Forty nine. Pull it up real 46. quick. We can look that up. I can't remember which judge assigned the forty nine forty six because that that's really what we're talking about is if if for some reason Covington doesn't do that that takedown here maybe maybe continues to keep his momentum going. Uh, Derek Cleary had forty nine forty six. So he had forty nine forty six. So that we, okay, so this would not have flipped. It could have flipped it to a split decision. It's not like it would have won Colby the fight. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, who knows? Maybe he gets finished. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I saw this one as a Covington round just like you did. But I, I thought this was extremely close. Um, I thought it was much harder to pull the trigger for Covington here because you have you have some good success from from Usman as well a little bit later. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, I think this is a Covington round. It's very close. We got that eye poke, so there's a little lull in the action, a little little pause. Yeah, and like the first, like there was like the last twenty seconds or so, right? Yeah. Nothing else really happened after that point, though. That was interesting, though. To hear uh, Dan Mergliata was was kind of a little bit of coaching, a little, just a little bit of coaching. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, look, I praise him for it. I like that. I I, I mean, like I that. get it. I get it. I mean, I don't want the fight to be stopped necessarily either. But also at that point, if for some reason the doctor waves it off because of the eye poke. It's just going to a technical decision, and the, they can evaluate the round for the four minutes and 45 seconds it was going or whatever it was. That doesn't include the last 15 seconds, but it wouldn't have been the worst thing if, yeah. if it ended up going that way. But And, and, and it really wouldn't have changed the, uh, the winner here. But yeah, you and I were both on Covington. It was a very close round, though. Uh, Dave Torelli was the out judge here who we agreed with, and Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary saw it for Usman. But what does that mean for uh, Judge Torelli? He gets a catch that override. Damn. And what that really means for the fight, at least on our cards, which mean nothing, is Colby Covington should have been the champion. I mean, he's good enough to be a champion. He is good Just enough to Wakamaru be the champion. Just not Wakamaru Usman is yeah. the champion. Yeah, no, it's true. And but according to us, he is good enough. He, he, Wakamaru Usman. He is, he is. We, we're so. essentially couchside overriding. Well, we're not because it, it was unanimous not. But uh, on, on the couchside judges... I have to live in the hell world that Colby Covington is the undisputed welterweight champion of the world and gets to hold that over yeah. everybody. Hate him or love him. I think it's interesting. <sighs> Just gets crazy. It would be more interesting if he was better at it. Like, Chael was really good at I it. I think that's what he... I think he's kind of settling in as the guy who's bad at his shtick. So I'm just double down on it. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, the guy comes out to Kurt Angle. Yeah, I know. He's like, oh, I got permission from Kurt Angle to do that. Not a lot of people realize that Kurt Angle was not even the first guy to walk out to that music. Mm. The Patriot used to walk out to it. For all I know, more people walked out to it before then. It was kind of stock music for like a generic patriotic character at that point. Mm. And then Angle was just so good that it was like, well, this is him. It's his, his music yeah. now. <laughs> now I'll, I'll give him credit where it's due. He he at, when he does that that particular part where he's really trying to, if he is embracing being the villain in a way that is less um cringy i guess i don't like the the nicknames and stuff are just stupid i don't know he's not good at nicknames and he's he is settling in a little bit more i'll give you that 
and it's it's also a lot easier. Yeah, we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that one to myself. But let's move on to the other title fight. Again, we have a very close one. This one's actually a split decision, sir. Rose Namajunas wins over Zhang Wei Li. 49-46 and 48-47 for the defending champion. And the 48-47 went the other way for Zhang Wei Li. Round two and round three are what decided this fight. We had uh, Zhang get out to a really good start, win round one, and then it was kind of rose in the championship rounds. So let's talk about these. Let's start with two, Dan. What's happening? Yeah, round two, super close, super close. Uh, they come out exchanging leg kicks. I didn't really think anyone had an impact uh, advantage here as far as those go. Uh, I thought both were landing pretty good combos. And then almost like a minute and 40 seconds left, Zhang lands a, a solid punch that wobbles Rose. Rose recovers quick, lands a head kick, but then Wiley gets it to the ground. Lands a really strong punch. Also eats an up kick, but, you know, the punch was a bit stronger. Uh, Rose finishes. It gets a late takedown. Basically in mount, but she's against the cage, so she really can't get full mount. Doesn't do anything from Yeah, that. nothing really happens. I don't mind someone scoring it for Rose, because I think it was it was pretty close, but I, I scored it 10-9 Zhang. Yeah, I can see how you'd get there. I just, I, I really do think that the, the immediate impact that we're talking about in this round is, it, it's weighted in Zhang's favor. And I think when you're talking about a very close round in terms of the number of strikes landed, it's very easy to say, okay, who's landing the harder strikes? And I do think ultimately uh, it's not just that one strike, but that one strike really does stand out because you're talking about impact it's and effectiveness. It's who's getting closer to finishing the fight. Who got closer to finishing that round than Zhang Weili? Did, was it Rose? I, I just, I don't, I don't no. really see it that way. So I feel pretty good about giving this one to Zhang. Is it a bad score? No, it, it it's not a bad score. Um, you know, Eric Colon's a good judge, and Doug Crosby's there too. <laughs> but uh, I I saw this I saw this the same way as Mike Bell, so I feel good about that one actually. Okay. And since you did too, uh, you saw this one as a Zhang round. What what does that mean for uh, Mr. Bell? Another couch side over. <laughs> Giving him out left and right. Three rounds, three I, couch I, I wonder. Rounds. I wonder if the streak's eventually going to get broken. Well, I don't wonder. <laughs> I, I know because we play on the show. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like pretending like I don't know. Anyway, uh, round three is the other round here we're talking about. So the way you and I have it at this point, we've overrided so that uh, Zhang has won the first two rounds. Going into round three, we know that Rose wins three and four, or excuse me, four and five. So how do we end up seeing this round? What What happens here, actually? In round three. Yeah, and this is kind of close, but I think it's kind of close mainly because it's a, a lower output round. Uh, I think Zhang is landing a little better. I mean, Rose does drop her. She lands a nice solid left to the face and, and, and drops her. As It was very and, briefly, though. I didn't know how hurt she was. Uh, she was hurt enough to fall down. Sure, but... So, uh, yeah, I thought she landed some decent shots, but Zhang had a nice solid left. Then she gets it to the ground, grabs the back, gets to mount, lands a couple punches as the round ends. So I, I went that way for Zhang, 10-9. I feel like there's a, and you know this, I'm not trying to lecture you, but I feel like there's something about the difference between being rocked and standing and being knocked down and not rocked. And I, and I think a lot of people just say, oh, they were knocked down. That that weighs a lot more. And again, not saying that that's what you think, but I just, I, I looked at that and I didn't see her as, as particularly wounded in that situation. Maybe I'm wrong because where I was sitting, I was 10 feet away. However, I will say that when I watched it live, I actually did think that Rose did enough to win the round, even though Zhang had that flourish at the end. 
I think if and I also think if for some reason there was an extra minute on there, I think Zhang could have done some real damage in the form of either a submission attempt or or some strikes and that kind of thing because she had the mount. Yeah, but it's not the way it worked out, of course. Uh, and having watched it at home, where I can really settle in and sit and watch to score, I did see this one as a Zhang round, just like you. All right. So we saw it the same way as Mike Bell and Doug Crosby, uh, who again was there. And uh, but that you know that doesn't mean we get a couch that over right here. But what it does mean is that we've now given three rounds to Zhang Wei Li. So in the couchside judges uh, alternate universe, we have champions Colby Covington and Zhang Wei Li coming out of New York. But yeah. in the real world, which is truly the only one that actually matters, and we respect that. At least I do. I, don't, I can't speak for you, sir. Well, I was happy about the way this one actually. You were happy out, about so. it. Okay, okay. So, but uh, yeah, we we have it the other way around, but. Uh, and Eric Colonna, I should note, was the one who gave this one to Rose. And that's, to- again, I totally see it. I saw it when I was watching live, but I, I didn't have as good a seat. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, good fight. I, I think a lot of people get too bummed out or too pissed off, I guess, about the way these rounds are scored and, and the way that a close fight really could have gone either way. Somebody wins it. It's... It's just the way it works out in, in a subjective scoring sport like this. Unless you, there's some sort of quantifiable way that they can award points for like every single action they do. Like when we're talking about, uh, I don't know, figure skating rating. or something. Yeah, oh, I'm, Dan, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fighter performance rating from PFL <laughs> does have some form of evaluation. We don't know how it works. It doesn't always seem to match the eye test, but look, it, it's a thing. <laughs> it's... It, <laughs> Doug Crosby's there. FPR is a thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm defining things in very broad terms. Yeah, uh, things and people. He's in, Doug Crosby is a person. Um, but yeah, that that was that was all uh, we had from our title fights. These were the most contentious ones. I think anyone knows who's getting a little bit mad about some of these other rounds. Get at least it had no effect on the results of the fights that we're going to talk about. We do have three more rounds that we'll touch. Upon. I do. I do want to point one. Thing oh yeah, out. what do you got? Round five. I think you know Sean Sheehan. Me, you know, I, I I hardly disagree with him usually on, on how round scored. Okay. He made a, a tweet. He said, no way you give Rose round five. I was like, what? Interesting. He's like, I don't think. I missed that. Yeah. I, I was not in tune with the judging conversation like I yeah, always am because I had other stuff to do. Yeah, he, he, he was very on Wiley winning round five for her work from the bottom. I and would have I to watch that like, round again. I I, I, mean, I really she, can't have a reaction. She th- she throws a lot, but nothing is of really any impact. Okay, at least in in comparison to what Rose has landed. So, all right. I mean, look, Sean's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Right. We all, no, we all just, make mistakes, and I'm not saying he made a mistake either. Because I again, I wasn't watching round five to score. I'd have to sit back and and really watch that round again with the with the mind to do that. I did not do that today. Uh, I did a lot of sleeping and going to a kid's birthday party with my kids uh and not enough sleeping i should also point out and working <laughs> so didn't didn't do a whole lot of time to do other than watch the rounds that we had but yeah I'll, maybe i'll go back and watch that one but yeah, I mean, like i said everybody makes mistakes sometimes maybe he's just on a, on a hill that that uh he didn't need to stand on i don't know i don't want to speculate you know sean is plus it was probably five o'clock in the morning there when that fight was well, happening. I can relate. I, I actually experienced dealing with <laughs> MMA at five in the morning for for the first time in in some sort of work related ish capacity, and that was uh uh I I salute 
our European brethren who stay up and watch these, uh, and, and, and sistren is not a word, but we'll go with that anyway. Uh, everybody over in Europe who stays up to watch all these cards. You guys are crazy, you're animals, and, and I respect you the hell out of you for doing it. Uh, and I do respect the hell out of Sean Sheehan. He is incredibly knowledgeable. So I, don't, I can't really react to his thoughts on that round. I really can't. But if you want beef, all right, I don't you can want start no, beef. Uh, no, I don't want no beef with Sean. I'm just, Look, I, just, you're, I, you're, I found it interesting. You I have insulted it. the the Irish crowds as lesser than the American crowds. I didn't say that. I just said I'm not crowning them better. I'm trying to start beef. I am Irish. I already started Irish. You're American. Wars. I called them part of the UK last week. <laughs> Apparently. That's, that's right. not right. That's right. Now, so. that's, we we got to extend this, this, uh, this war that you have going on. I like it. <laughs> I, well, I like our, uh, Ian Gary. That guy's pretty cool. Ian Gary was a lot of fun to watch, probably because he has no defense yet, and he just likes to wing uh, right hooks. Yeah, I mean it worked <laughs> out; like it totally worked out, and it was fun. It was great, and everything. But guys, he's got some cleaning up to do in his striking arsenal before he's gonna go anywhere. I, but I, I do like him. He's he's got some charisma. He's he's got ability. So we'll see what comes from yeah. him. But uh, we're not talking about his fight. His fight ended in the first round, just barely. Uh, we're going to back to Gaethje and Chandler. Uh, Gaethje won 29-28 on two cards and 30-27 on the other. Uh, so we're talking about round one, which was the only round in which he actually was the minority uh, score to win there. What happened in round one, sir? Because this was just a, a whirlwind of this awesomeness. Was, this this round was crazy. I mean, they both they slammed their fists into each other's face multiple times. They slammed their legs into each other's legs. I just think, I mean, by the narrowest margin, I think Chandler landed the more impactful shots had Gaethje wobbled super fun round. I, I went 10, nine Chandler. I, I thought he just had a slight edge in the impact, especially in the kind of those first three minutes or so. I think he was doing much better. That's how at least I kind of read the, that round. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, it was very, very close. I, you know, Gaethje, of course he, uh, he had incredible moments in that round, but I do think ultimately that if you look back at that round, you'd say, wow, Chandler was looking really good, but he just ultimately, Gaethje heard him in round two, and that kind of changed the entire course of the fight. That was not round two, by the way, was not a uh, a ten eight. Even watching that one, I was like, someone asked me, like, do you think that's the name? Like, I don't think so, because it was competitive enough. There was a I forget which round. It not was. to get too too unfocused, but yeah, we were saying his corners. Like, listen, we know you're tough. Put your hands up uh, to Michael Chandler, mm -hmm. and then you know rewatching it, you're like, wow, he really was just standing there in front of Gaethje. Just trying to prove how tough he was. Like, it really did seem like that face. was a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. You might you might be costing yourself here. I mean, you probably got an extra paycheck because of it, but I think he was getting the extra paycheck anyway. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> that was that was kind of a given. Um, but yeah, this round I saw it the same way as you. I I saw it as a, a Chandler round. Uh, that was the majority score, like we said, from uh, Sal D'Amato and Derek Cleary. Uh, it was only Doug Crosby who was there saw this one for Gaethje. I don't think that's a bad score. I don't. No, I, not, I, I, not at yeah, all. I, I no. don't. I don't. I don't want to uh, insult Doug Crosby here because this is a perfectly fine score. Yeah, I mean, there's another round for that. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that one later. <laughs> but again, this is, what an amazing fight! What an amazing experience for me, in particular, to be there for that and and be in the building for and watch it. It's it's gonna be cool. I hope my kids. I hope my kids never fight, but I do hope they get older and they actually want to watch these things with me. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I would like that. And I can tell them all the stories about, oh, yeah, I, I was at the uh, the epic Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler fight at the Garden in 2021. You know, on episode You guys were sleeping at home, and all you wanted was pictures of the city when the, at nighttime <laughs> when the cars were out and the lights were on. <laughs> and I brought those home because I'm a good father. City's and a they sad loved place it. right now. 
They wanted to go camping in the city, by the way. So they don't understand that no. there's no like forest in the city. Yeah, no. No, no, this, no! I said that, that would be a bad idea. I was like, I pointed out in one of the pictures. I'm like, see, those are the cars. That's that's the block where Daddy used to work, and and over here, this is the pile of garbage that's in the road. The city's not a safe place to be right now. It's not a place I like to. I want to go. I walked around by so. myself at it was three in the morning, and yeah. I felt perfectly fine. Honestly, I just yeah. did. Not these days. I mean, I'm aware of myself and aware of my surroundings because it's three in the morning and I'm by myself. But I felt safe. Yeah, I did. Not for me. No, that's fine. I don't intend to do that again for a while. Shouldn't. Probably probably next year when, when the UFC comes back. They're probably scheduled around something I have something planned for. Just they tend to don't do make that. plans the first two weekends of uh, November. Saturdays. Last time I didn't do that, and they did it in October. What when are you I talking w- about? When Nate versus... Nate versus... That was November. It was the first weekend in November, though. But it was still November. But uh, there's no, they do it. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's totally against me, the reason they do this. Like you're supposed to do it as the anniversary show of the UFC. That's like two weeks into November. You're, no, you're not wrong. So I think it, I think it depends on what they can get uh, alongside of you know the uh, the regular garden tenants, the the New York Rangers, the New York Knicks. Listen, I will boot Dave Matthews there. out of there for the UFC. Dave Matthews is there next weekend. Could have booted him out and said, "No, you're coming a week earlier." So I get your ants marching in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Not a Dave Matthews guy, but I know that song. I don't know any of them. I know that I know Ants Marching. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know the name, but it doesn't matter. Not a music guy. I'm a fight guy. Yeah. We're talking about fights, and we got two more rounds to talk about. Marlon Vera got the third round knockout by front kick on uh, Frankie Edgar. Round two is the round that is disputed, though, uh, and and strong opinions around uh, the internet on this one. People went crazy when they saw that Salamato gave round two to Frankie Edgar. Uh, as opposed to Dave Torelli and Eric Cologne, who saw it for Marlon Chito Vera. What happened in this round before we get to that? Is that how you had it? Is that how it was scored? It was uh, It was two saw it for Marlon Vera. Okay, two. Okay, so you got it backwards here. It's okay. What are you talking about? The outline here. It's a, it's a little backwards. I'm looking at the outline. Um, well, you must have changed it. I did change after it. After I copy and pasted it. I did change it. I had to. Oh, you uh, copy and paste. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I made an error in this. I did catch my error. So, yeah, I okay. apologize for That's that. Fine. But but All we right. are now on the same page. Marlon Vera got two out of three scorecards for him, Torelli and Cologne. Edgar got from Sal D'Amato. Okay. All 10 I, nines. No, no 10 eights for this entire card, by the way. I thought this was a really close round, actually. Okay. Uh, Good exchanges early. Pretty even. I thought Edgar got a takedown and Vera started landing some decent elbows from the bottom. Edgar uh, landed some good punches from the top. You know, once it's back on the feet, Vera's the one that's landing the harder shots. Still not landing the most, the more volume shots. So, but does drop Frankie with a knee. Then late in the round, wobbles him with an elbow. I still thought it was pretty close, but, you know, I'm on Vera. Yeah, I saw this for Vera, too. I, I thought it really just came down to the actual effective offense that was that was being uh, put on his opponent here. I, you know, Frankie Edgar had moments, and I think when I'm watching it live, I thought this was uh, an Edgar round. And then I disagreed when I when I finally got to sit down and watch it at home. But I don't think it's crazy to go the other way. It's it's not that bad. It's this is really not that bad. I thought it was close enough. Yeah, yeah. So I you know we saw it for Vera. Plus it's Frankie, so I'll never care. Well, you you of course. Uh, But but you know I'm and I'm you know I'm sure you're trying to watch this as unbiased as you can. Yeah, I mean that's probably why I even went. I probably over calibrated. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. But either way, I I just saw this as uh, as a round that I thought. Ultimately, Verrett was the one who was more effective with his offense. I will say this. This, this didn't come anywhere near my favorite finish. 
probably my least favorite finish. Well, yeah, of course. You you hate to see Frankie Edgar go down. I think it was a perfectly just stoppage. I have no problem with the stoppage. That he was in trouble. Even Dana was, was oh, he saying was, he was in bad shape. Yeah, he was when he walked by. Actually, press row, and and you know, I don't know why necessarily. Maybe he was still tired. Maybe he was totally out of it still. But he was walking with Ali Abdelaziz, his manager. And Frankie really wasn't walking as straight as most of the other guys who'd been walking by us. So uh, mm. he he really didn't seem like he was in a good way. Okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's probably fine-ish now. Hopefully he'll rest. Uh, probably has a concussion. Uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that was unfortunate to see. The last one was from Justin Jacoby getting the unanimous decision victory over John Allen. 29-28 and two 30-27s. Round three is the only one that really matters here because uh, you know it was it was clear that Jacoby won the first two rounds. It doesn't really matter if we get this one right, but let's talk about it anyway because uh, oh. we don't have to, we have to say too much about yeah, it. Right? It was pretty clear he won the third round too. You can just say that instead of saying you got one round one right, round two right, round three. For some reason, it's a split. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand it either. Uh, this was kind of surprising because I I thought Jacoby was really putting it on him with a lot of volume and and landing very heavily. I mean, I thought this was just a simple round of score. You got. Alon, he throwed one strike at a time, and they're really not good strikes. Kobe's putting it on him. I mean, I, I don't, I can't find a strong case for Alon or Allen, whatever you say. Yeah, yeah. This, this is definitely the round. I, I think this was probably the most egregious round uh, from the night, as far as the judges disagreeing. So, yeah, to Doug, for Doug Crosby to give this one to Alon again, it doesn't matter because it's the third round of a fight that ultimately there was not. You were not going to have Justin Kobe lose it. But yeah, I thought that was a little weird. Yep. And that was it for our contested rounds here, sir. We had seven finishes, all by knockout or TKO. Three of them came in the first round. What was your favorite, sir? Because you, I'm a little bit of surprised. I don't know what you put down. Oh yeah, because I, I wrote it in my notes and I didn't write it on the outline. That was not helpful. Uh, we didn't have any subs, but we did have one grappling heavy TKO, which was Nasruddin Imavov elbowing Edmund Shabazian into oblivion from the top crucifix position, which is awesome. It's always fun to watch. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Yep. I mean, we had we had a bunch of good ones here. You know, we, we talked about a, a Frankie obviously won or lost, and you didn't like that one, but it, it was an amazing kick. You got to give him credit where it's due. Those front kick knockouts are, are impressive. Um, Not to me. I know, I know. But my favorite finish was actually Chris Barnett getting the split spinning wheel kick that sent John Vellante into retirement. Uh, and then he did, uh, what was it, a, a front flip or something like that? It was, the it was best absolutely wild. The best celebration of all time. He's Chris amazing. Barnett is my new favorite fighter. <laughs> I also identify as a 170-pounder, <laughs> the same as Chris Barnett does. I mean, he realistically probably could get down there if you just lose the weight. But if he's happy and and, and able to do those amazing athletic uh, kicks and, and flips and all that stuff and the Harlem Shake that he did coming out, more power to him. It was fun to watch, and and he was all class in giving uh, John Vellante his his moment in retirement, allowing the crowd to give him a big cheer there. And then Vellante was coming out, and he was walking by us at, at Media Row, and he kind of gave this little shrug, like, eh, "What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You're knocked out. What are you gonna do? I'm just gonna." Everybody, of course, online went after I shared that one. They were talking about, it. "Oh, he's gonna go home and eat some gabagool." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, my 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 Italian American brethren here, uh, and that was it from UFC 268. What an awesome card! But we do have two fight cards coming up this weekend as well. It just never stops, does it? Keeps on going. UFC Vegas 42, which the main card will go off from six, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. The headliner is absolutely can't miss, sir. 
That's just a can't miss headliner. Max Holloway, the Ira Rodriguez. This is this is the type of fight night headliner that we really would like to see. It ought to be this level because it should be a fight that's like, man, I could really see this being on the pay-per-view main card, but let's stick it at the top and give it five rounds. And I'm glad they did that with Holloway and Rodriguez. What do you, what do you think of this fight? Max is winning. Max is going to put on another clinic like he did against Cater. I'm going to go. He's going to he's going to finish him. Uh, fourth round TKO. I'm going to say third round TKO. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I, I, I think this is going to be a really good showcase for Holloway. I think he's totally in the zone. I wonder if he'll be the first guy that gets a, a trilogy fight after having lost the first two to the champion. I don't know if it would happen this quickly, but I don't know if he's far off either. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, Volk fights once a year. Look, so, I, I don't want to get into that, but come um, on. The guy, the guy got COVID. What do you want him to do? He was ready to fight, and he got COVID. That doesn't mean he would have fought again this year. I don't so, know that. I know that for a fact. No. Um, yeah. What else on the card do you like? Because you know, we got a bunch of, we got at least one or two of the guys that I know you're really into. Yeah, Dawkus is back. This was supposed to be the rematch to Kevin Holland. Which ha- Dawkus? There are two, sir. Kyle Dawkus. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, it is true because, I, I mean, I did say he's going to fight Kevin Holland, but, you know, who knows? Kevin Holland might have went up to heavyweight. He'll do anything. He's so, crazy. Uh, yeah, Roman Delizze replaces an injured Kevin Holland in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think Dawkus subs him, so Dawkus subs. I will say Dawkus, I'm going to say decision. I don't know why. I just feel like this one go decision. But okay. we're on the same page as far as him winning. Yeah. I like, uh, for what it's worth, Chaos Williams. Anytime he's on the card, I'm very interested. M- Miguel Baeza is also awesome. I think this is going to mm-hmm. be probably, this is the one I'm looking at as the potential fight of the night. If it's not for some reason, Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, this one should be really good. I like Song Yudong. He's he's a, he's a very interesting prospect still. And he's, he hasn't had the smoothest road to the top, but he's I think he's still very interesting. Uh, one of the, the best young guys coming out of China against Julio Arce. I like that one. Yeah, it should be fun. And uh, Tiago Moises is back after getting mauled by Islam Makachev. Yeah, that was that was quite a mismatch. That so, was the last time Makachev should be fighting anyone. Not that Moises is not very good or anything like that, but there's levels, and, and he's above that. Yeah, so let's see how he bounces back. Against uh, Joel Alvarez. I don't know too much about Alvarez, I have to admit. Yeah, me neither. And then the night before, uh, we have uh, Bellator 271. They're in Florida. It's a night card for Chris Cyborg. Who I you wrote down on the outline scheduled to murder Sinead Cavanaugh. You really have a problem with the Irish, sir. Oh uh, no, I just have a problem with this, you know, mismatch bookmaking. What Not... are you gonna do? There's nobody out there. Uh, like the, I mean... the, <laughs> the 145 pound women's division is split among three. It's like basically evenly split among three promotions, and it's barely enough to be supported if they were all in the same roof. This is what we're gonna get. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the headliner. Cyborg wins by mauling. No uh, it's spoilers. Gonna, it's going to be a first round. Yeah, first round deal. Cyborg is just too awesome still. Yep. And uh, the people of Ireland will still hate you. <laughs> I am interested to see Aaron Pico, though. I He didn't... You know what would happen was when he debuted, he had all the hype, right? I didn't buy into the hype. I didn't like it um, because I thought it was not earned. And I think the best thing about mixed martial arts is that you, you at least earn your place. Mm-hmm. And that was not earned yet. I think he has worked hard. It seems like he's growing. He's making the right moves. His team is now, and, and Bellator seems to be on the right page of like, let's not try and kill this kid before he can actually be, you know, an asset to us. And maybe he could actually become a pretty good guy. He got a tougher road than he ought to have. And I, I do, I'm interested to see him fight. Who, who's the guy he's fighting again? 
Justin Gonzalez. I don't know anything about him, but that's I think that's probably a good thing. Is it should be a guy. Fighter. That's good. He's that's good. Win. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. I'm interested. And that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again next Monday to break down all the action from the weekend. I'm very glad that we won't have to do a second show this week. Not that I don't love them, but I need a little bit of a break. It's been a long week for me. A little breather. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great week. Thank you.